guys and welcome back to my podcast. Today we'll be reading the vanish chapter two, The Vanishing Glass of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Okay, let's get into it. Yay! Next morning, however, he got up to find his hair exactly as it had been before. Aunt Petunia had sheared it off. He had been given a week in his cupboard for this, even though he had tried to explain that he couldn't explain how it had grown back so quickly. Another time, Aunt Petunia had been trying to force him into a, revol- into a revolting old jumper of Dudley's, brown with orange bobbles. The harder she tried to pull it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become, until finally it might have fitted a glove puppet, but it certainly wouldn't fit Harry. Aunt Petunia had decided it must have shrunk in the wash, and to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he'd got into terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him as usual when, as much as to Harry's surprise as anyone else's, he was sitting on the chimney and the and Dursley's had received a very angry letter from Harry's headmistress telling them Harry had been climbing the school buildings. But all he tried to do was, as he shouted at Uncle Vernon through the locked door of his cupboard, was jump behind the big bins outside the kitchen doors. Harry was supposed that that the wind must have caught him in mid-jump. But nothing, nothing, but today nothing was going to go wrong. It was even worth being with Dudley and Piers to be spending the day somewhere that wasn't school. His cupboard of all Mrs Figg's cabbage smelled living room. While he drove, Uncle, while he drove, Uncle Vernon complained to Aunt Petunia. He liked to complain about things. People at work, Harry, the council, Harry, the bank and Harry were just a few of his favourite subjects. This morning it was motorbikes. Roaring along like maniacs, the young hoodlums, he said as a motorbike overtook them. I had a dream about a motorbike, said Harry, remembering. Suddenly it was flying. Uncle Vernon nearly crashed into a car in front. He turned right around in the seat and yelled at Harry, his face like a gigantic beetroot with a moustache, motorbikes don't fly. Dudley and Piers sniggered. I know they don't, said Harry. It was only a dream. And But he wished he hadn't said anything. If there was one thing the Dursleys hated more than him asking questions, it was his talk, talking about anything acting in the way it shouldn't. No matter... If it was a dream or even a cartoon, they seemed to think he might get dangerous ideas. It was a very sunny day, sunny Saturday at the zoo. He was the zoo was crowded with families. The Dursleys brought Dudley and Piers large chocolate ice creams at the entrance, and then because the smiling lady in the van had asked asked Harry what he wanted. Before they could hurry him away, they bought him a cheap lemon ice lolly. It wasn't bad either. Harry thought it. Harry thought, looking at it, as he as they watched a gorilla scratching its head 
and looking remarkably like Dudley, except it wasn't blonde. Harry was, had the best morning he'd had in a long time. He was careful to walk a little way apart from the Dursleys, so that Dudley and Pierce, who were starting to get bored with the animals by lunchtime, wouldn't fall back on their favourite hobby of hitting him. They ate in the zoo restaurant, and when Dudley had a tantrum because his knickerbocker glory wasn't big enough, Uncle Vernon bought him another one, and Harry was allowed to finish the first. Harry felt afterwards that he should have known that it was all good, too good to last. After lunch, they went down to the reptile house. It was cool and dark in there, with lit with the lit windows all along the walls behind the glass all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithered all over bits of woods and stone dudley and pears wanted to see the huge poisonous cobras and thick man-crushing pythons dudley quickly found the largest snake in the place it could have wrapped his body twice around wrapped its body twice around Uncle Vernon's car and crushed it into a dustbin. But at the moment, it didn't look in the mood. In fact, it was fast asleep. Dudley stood with his nose pressed against the glass and starting to at the glistering brown coils. Make it move, he whined at his father. Uncle Vernon tapped on the glass, but the snake didn't budge. Do it again, Dudley ordered. Uncle Vernon wrapped the glass smartly with his knuckles and the snake just snoozed on. This is boring, Dudley moaned. He shuffled away. The mo- Harry moved in the front of the, of the tank and, and looked intently at the snake. He wouldn't have been surprised if it had died of boredom itself. No company except stupid people drumming their fingers on the glass trying to disturb it all day. It was worse than having a cupboard and as a bedroom, where the only visitor was Aunt Petunia hammering on the door to wake you up. At least he got to visit the rest of the house. The snake suddenly opened its beady eyes. Slowly, very slowly, it raised his head until it was, it, its eyes were on a level with Harry's. It winked. Harry stared. Then he looked quickly around to see if anyone was watching. They weren't. He looked back at the snake and winked too. The snake jerked its head towards Uncle Vernon and Dudley, then raised its eyes to the ceiling. It gave Harry a look that said quite plainly, I get that all the time. I know, Harry murmured through the glass, though he wasn't sure the snake could hear him. must really be annoying. The snake nodded vigorously. Where do you come from anyway? Harry asked. The snake jabbed its tail at a little sign next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Boa Constrictor Brazil. Was it nice there? The Boa Constrictor jabbed its tail at the sign again, and Harry read on. This specimen was bred in the zoo. Oh, I see. So you've never been to Brazil. As the snake shook its head in def- deafening shout behind Harry, made both of them jump. Dudley, Mr. Dursley, come and look at this snake. You won't believe what it's doing. Dudley came waddling towards them as fast as he could. 
out of the way, you, he said, punching Harry in the ribs. Caught by surprise, Harry fell hard on the concrete floor. What ha what came ha next happened so fast that no one saw how it happened. One second, Piers and Dudley were leaning right up against close to the glass. The next, they had leapt backwards with howls of horror. Harry sat up and gasped. The front, the front, the glass front of the ball constrictor's tank had vanished. The great snake was uncoiling itself rapidly, slithering out on the floor. People throughout the reptile house screamed and started running for the exits. And the snake slid past him. Harry could have sworn a, la a low hissing voice said, "Brazil, here I come." Thanks, amigo. The keeper of the reptile house was in shock. But the glass, he kept saying. Where did the glass go? The zoo director made him sit, made Ampetunia a cup of strong sweet tea while he apologised over and over again. Piers and Dudley could only gibber. As far as Harry had seen, the snake hadn't done anything ex except snap playfully at their heels as it passed. But by the time they were all back in Uncle Vernon's car, Dudley was telling them how it had nearly bitten off his leg, while Piers was swearing it had tried to squeeze him to death. But worst of all, Harry at least was Piers. Harry at least was Piers calming down enough to say, "Harry was talking to it, weren't you, Harry?" Ha Uncle Vernon waited until Piers was safely out of the house before starting on. Harry was so angry he could hardly speak. He managed to stay, go cupboard, stay, no meals. Before he collapsed into a chair and Aunt Petunia had run to get and get him a large brandy. Harry lay in his dark cupboard much later, wishing he had a watch. He didn't know what time it was and he couldn't be sure that the Dursleys were asleep yet until they were. He couldn't rise, sneaking, risk sneaking into the kitchen for some food. He'd he'd lived with he'd lived with the Dursleys almost ten years, ten miserable years as long as he could remember, ever since he'd been a baby and his parents had died in a car crash. He couldn't remember being in the car when his parents had died. Sometimes when he strained his memory during long hours in his cupboard. He came up with a strange vision, a blinding flash of green light and a burning pain on his forehead. This was supposed to be the crash. He couldn't imagine where all the green light came from. He couldn't remember his parents at all. His aunt and uncle never spoke about them. And of course he was forbidden to ask questions. There were no photographs of them in the house. When he had been younger, Harry had dreamed and dreamed of some unknown relation coming to take him away. But it had never happened. The Dursleys were his only family. Yet sometimes he thought, or he may, or maybe hoped, the, that strangers in the street seemed to know him. Very strange strangers they were too. A tiny man in a violet top had bowed to him once, out, once while out shopping with Aunt Petunia and Dudley. After asking Harry furiously if he knew the man, Aunt Petunia had rushed them out the shop without buying anything. A wild old woman dressed 
all in green had waved merrily at him once on a bus. A bald man in a very long purple coat had actually shaken his hand in the street the other day and then walked away without a word. The weirdest thing about all these people was the way they seemed to vanish the second Harry tried to get a closer look. At school, Harry had no one. Everybody knew that Dudley's gang hated the odd Harry. Gang hated that odd Harry Potter in his baggy old clothes and broken glasses. And And nobody liked to disagree with Dudley's gang. That is the end of my podcast for today. If you liked it, consider following me. Thank you for watching and see you in the next episode.